the Doctor, Sarah Jane and Harry arrive back on Nerva, but the TARDIS isn't there. Surmising that the TARDIS is travelling back through time to meet them soon, the Doctor investigates, but finds things aren't what they seem, and they stumble upon a plan by the Cybermen to commit genocide. Can the Doctor stop the Cybermen once again? This is Revenge of the Cybermen. Welcome to Regenerated. Try to undo this. Well, naturally. Did you make the rocks fall, Harry? Uh, well, I suppose I must have done, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Sullivan is an imbecile! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. I'm Matt, and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, wonderful wife, Becky. Hi. Hello. And for the benefit of the listeners this week, how are you? I have no idea. You've no idea. Got a tickly throat, a bit of a sniffle. Mm. Well, it could be the changing of the seasons. We're going from winter to probably well, spring. Well, no, it's not specifically a change in the seasons. That's the fact of the constant weather screw-ups. And one minute it feels like it's cold, the next minute it's really warm. Mm. And, yeah, that goes up and down quite a lot between you know, winter and spring and between summer and autumn and it plays up like crazy and it plays up my sinuses. Yes. Okay, so a sniffly Becky this week. So uh we'll try and limit the sniffles on the on the audio, I think. <laughs> or as best as we can. So this week we have Revenge of the Cybermen. This is the very last uh serial of season twelve. But before we get into that, I I saw that um obviously the next Doctor Who blo- uh, Blu ray box set is gonna be twenty two but there's no real release date, and I think we've figured out what that is. It's because they're being manufactured in Poland, and there's been a COVID outbreak in the warehouse, which has backdated them by three months. Yeah, so well, the, hopefully I ain't got COVID. Well, the possibility... I don't think you got COVID. Um, the possibility is we're looking at a June release date now for that. And also another... Well, in two years... Only basically recently I get pinged to say I've been there someone. Wow, we've done really well to keep the COVID out of our home. Two years. So, you know. And seeing so, as actually two years ago today on Facebook, we actually started the very first day of homeschooling. Mm, I yes. read to that this morning. Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh God, that seems like forever ago now. Yes, it is a very long time ago. And but in, 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 in one part, it feels like, you know, it was like years ago. But in another way, it feels like actually it don't feel like it was that long ago. Mm. Like, we're nearly in April. Next week, we'll be in April, you yes. know. And I still, you know, I still feel like it's January. Mm. Wow. Yes, the time does go quick, you know, it's as well as I do. weird. But anyway, other news. Um we're thinking. Well, we're not thinking. We are. No, we're booked. gonna. We'll be gonna be going away in near the end of May, and we've actually booked 
to see the Doctor Who time fracture. So what this is, is it's in London and it's basically it's uh, described as sort of an immersive theatre production where basically you can either who's it, be who's it being done by because um my pilates instructor asked if it was done by someone called sunken cinema and I, or silent cinema and i think I it like, is no. i think it's something like that i haven't really looked at the final <laughs> details but for people who have not really heard of it basically and you then can... she said the other one which you said it was which i can't remember for life me what it was and she was she'd heard about um things other things by that person before mm. and apparently they've got a history of being really good so she was proper excited about it and she was well which is weird because she's not even into Doctor Who but in general you know the fact mm. she'd seen other things in the same sort of thing yeah. so basically for people who haven't really heard of it we don't really know too much about it all we know is what we've sort of read and sort of reviews and that sort of thing but from what we can tell is that you can you can choose whether or not you sort of take part or you can stand at the sidelines and watch this sort of narrative story play out. It's in two acts. It's about two and a two hours, 15 minutes. Uh, there's three bars. So that should be the interesting bit. That, <laughs> and it's basically, it is a story that you can like, you That's the trick. That's go the through trick. Um, got to see the narrative. At the end, you can stay sober. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think there's 43 different actors. They're all made up. There's like Cybermen. I think there's Weeping Angels. There's different sort of Daleks. things from... The, and then the new... Then the new... Ood. The new look um, Cybermen as well. So it's like more to do with like the sort of newer Doctor Who than the classic. But I have read that there are like little bits from all the Doctors and all this sort of stuff, like narration and sort of stuff. It sounds like it's going to be really quite cool. It's like those special effects and sort of like that. So it's going to be like you're in an episode of Doctor Who. So Yeah, but the thing is, right, I get it and everything. And there might be people who'd feel a bit daft about joining in and things like that. But if you go into something like that, surely the idea is to participate mm. because it's like well why else would you go that's it you so know? we will have a sort of hopefully a non-spoil we're not going to spoil it because people will want to come and see it so we're going to do a non-spoiled review of that when it actually it comes when we've actually done it so yeah look out for that in the future so i think that's everything now so revenge well, it's about a couple of months away so yeah, yeah, you well, know it's it's not very far away we've still got to book plenty of other things to do mm, yes so <laughs> and somewhere <to> stay <laughs> the last serial of season 12 so the first se- uh, season of um Doc, uh, tom baker is now coming to an end and we'll go through a little bit yep all our thoughts and feelings and review the season at the end of this uh, episode but revenge of the cybermen uh, 19th of april um to the 10th of may 75 four episodes written by jerry davis who did the 10th planet so again obviously looks like cybermen my mum won't even I don't know. She must be about seven. Well, we do. You do like to sneak in there a, a mother's age update. So. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not going to say about my dad's age. But, well, you know. anyway. So Jerry Davis did the tenth planet, the Highlanders, and two of the Cybermen, and directed by Michael Bryant, who did Colony in Space, the Sea Devils, Green Death, and Death to the Daleks, which well, we won't really mention. Do, the well, Death I, to the I Daleks. I can't exactly do my age, can I? No. Because I weren't even four of them. And in the poll, this one came in at 160. So straight off the back, we'll say that this is the lowest uh, ranked serial in season 12. So um, it kind of, I'm going to think it 
kind of speaks for itself a little bit. But anyway, we'll quickly bring up to speed and then we'll do a quick synopsis. So in the last episode, Genesis, they basically had that time ring that the Time Lords had given the Doctor. They'd all Harry, Sarah Jane and the Doctor had touched it. They were then swirling around in space trying to get back to the TARDIS, which was left in Arkham Space on the Nova, uh, on the Nerva space station. So that's where we kind of pick it up from. Uh, the synopsis for this one, before we dive right into it, says, Arriving on space station Nerva in, the, in its distant past, the Doctor Sarah and Harry find its crew threatened by a mysterious plague. Discovering that things are not as they seem, they stumble upon a plan to commit genocide devised by the Doctor's old enemies, the Cybermen. There's not much to add there, really. That not is really, kind of true. Really. Um, so, yeah. So they arrive on what they're calling a beacon now instead of an arc or a space station. It is now a beacon. It is well, obviously, when the solar flares happened, they decided to use said beacon as an arc. Well, yeah, I'm guessing it's what if you are in a hurry because your planet's threatened, you're going to use what you've got in orbit or whatever. Um, Pretty much to sort of stow your humans on board, but like I said, stow your humans. That's making it sound like stowing your flower. Mm. Well, this is like a thousands. I think the doctor says thousands of years in the past. I think yeah. so. I'm surprised that it hasn't like either been destroyed by a meteorite or just 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 degraded through thousands of years. It's kind you of do. like in pristine condition, like it was in the Arkham space a thousand years in the future. But mm. it's quite funny. Uh, they get a bit of um, science-y mumbo-jumbo here as well with the TARDIS. Because obviously when they arrive, the TARDIS isn't there. Basically, the Doctor explains that it is now traversing its way back in time mm. to then meet up with them. Which will probably surprisingly be at the very end of the serial. <laughs> yeah, but if they could do that, then why couldn't it basically do it down to Skyro? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's got to be like they've got to be in the vicinity of it. I don't know to sort of home in on the Doctor. Pretty much back where they were, really. I don't know. There's, I'm, I, you know, there are many, many stories in the future that we've got to come up to where probably the TARDIS is a bit lost in time and it finds the Doctor. We're going to probably get that. So your comment's quite valid. Like, why couldn't it just home in on him at Scarrow? Um, Excuse me, my comments are always valid. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just going to... The, for the benefit of the plot, It's they had to get on back onto Nerva to get the Cybermen involved. That's basically what the plot is. Uh, so Jane says it's been a few weeks that they've been trying to get back to the TARDIS, which is interesting, I think, because if you look at the, the kind of narrative of uh, the story arc from Ark in Space to the Sultana experiment, to Genesis, and now back. Uh, to be fair, a few weeks, I don't think you could say, if you watched like we have, back to back, it's not really a few weeks, is it, really? Well, in a way, it's not a few weeks since they've lost right, the TARDIS, when, they, when did they actually lose the TARDIS? As the Sultans? Well, no, what, what they did, didn't they? In the Arkham Space, they transmatted down to fix the transmat beam. So then you had Sultans. Genesis. Yeah, they got intercepted in the transmat beam to go back up to Nerva to get the tri- uh, the TARDIS. Yeah, so, so you're on technically the third week. Well, you're on the... Th- it's the third serial, so they're trying to say that a serial is a week. But as yeah. we know, the Sultan experiment was kind of like, what, two days? It was like one day and then a night and then a day. And mm. then they went to Genesis, which again was probably like 
one or two days. No, I think I don't think they mean as if basically they were there for a couple of days. What I think they mean is because the way that it's actually put on on TV is normally a week apart. Mm. Yeah, that, she's not really she's not saying about like the duration of the episodes. She's saying like the the duration of yeah, how long like they've saying, been away. Yeah, but that's like saying EastEnders, right? That's like half the time with something like EastEnders. You know, they people say, well, a nine-month pregnancy is never nine months. No, because the pure and simple fact, they're gone through a whole week in the space of three days. So there is bits missing, there is days missing, there is weekends missing. You know, there's tons missing here and there. So, you know, you've gone through a month pretty much in... About twelve days. I'm gonna sense. I'm gonna send. Uh, I'm gonna satisfy the plot hole and just say that when the the time lords intercepted the doctor, they stole a couple of weeks there. Or you could say that when they touched the time ring and they were spinning in space, they could have been lost in space for a week before they got up to Nerva in the past. Maybe, but anyway, that that's just something that really did step out and highlight to me. So they're on Nerva. They're the crew are mostly dead, except for is it three people? I think. Mm, uh, yeah. There's like three, three people, people and and Kellerman. Yep, and the mole. And the only thing <laughs> he's the mole, no, isn't he? Kellerman is the mole. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's the mole. But Kellerman just reminds me of Dirty Dancing. Mm, yes, uh, and seriously, they. No, because I haven't really watched it, so I don't. You've really never know. really watched Dirty Dancing. Oh my really. God! How dare you? Oh. We've been together nearly thirteen years. How do I not know this? There's there's loads of things that and I've watched saying, that you haven't. So. Yeah, just saying. Netflix. It's on there at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are classic films that I've seen that you haven't seen, and you're just like, nah, yeah. never watched it. So the same, the same for me. I've never seen Total Recall, don't plan to. Never seen Blade Runner, don't plan to. Point is, everyone needs to watch Dirty Dancing. It's like like saying someone doesn't like Star Wars. Mm. Anyway, so they're in... um... Trying to name a person who's never seen Game of Thrones, you know? It's just... Well, there are loads of people that have never seen Game of Thrones. And all I say, and every time I see him... Oh, my answer is why. And after the eighth, I'm sitting there after thinking, the eighth season of Game of Thrones, I can understand why. But anyway, um, that's a different, different podcast and a but, different, completely different show. But the problem is, though, you know, it's like if if you see someone who turns around and says either one they've never seen Star Wars or two they don't like Star Wars, the only thing that I think about doing is banging their head into a wall wow. and knocking some sense into them. Anyway, we digress. So, they're on board this, um, That's be- like saying, as they call it, a beacon. That's like saying someone's never seen Star Trek. Well, again, there's lots of people out there who Even haven't. I've seen Star Trek. Wow. Anyway, we, we could be on this for, for a long time. There's loads of people that have probably never seen Doctor Who, Becky, but... You know, everyone's subjective. Some people like certain How? things. Some people like other things, and they just don't How? bother. So, there are people that I know of who don't even really, you know, are not, you know, nerdy or anything like that. In you know, that sort of predictable, you know, sort of stereotype. But I know a lot of people who are not into things like that, like Star Wars or Star Trek or things like that, and they're more into other things but they've still seen Doctor Who because they don't live under a rock well like I said it's all subjective anyway so they're on this uh, 
as they're calling it, a beacon now, Nerva, a beacon. And is it in orbit around this asteroid called yes. Voga? Uh, it's Voga. Voga, which is very reminiscent of, again, going back to your conversation about not watching anything, it's very reminiscent of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with the Vogons. Oh, I think they're called the Vogons in Hitchhiker's. Exactly. Point point is, right, the Vogons, do they Vogue all the time? Wow. No. And they become Donna fans. They think it's uninhabited, but actually it time. has got the Vogans on it. Yeah, so. but the problem is, with the Vogans, do they get little bags of gold dust and start singing Material Girl? No. Damn. No. So, Betty sort of give away a little bit of the plot there. Obviously, Voga is uh, a sort of gold planet, really. It's got like a lot of <sighs> gold dust and that in the mines and that. Obviously, or maybe they just get really dressed up and start singing Madonna songs. Obviously, this is a, a weakness to the Cybermen who basically want to obliterate Voga and destroy it. And that's where the plot is kind of centered around. So, the And Vo- they secretly just stand there so, in a nice um, pantsuit Vogan. So the Vogans, there's kind of two factions for the Vogans. <laughs> there's kind of like the Guardians. And then there's kind of like the sort of Vogue. people who... Basically, I don't really know what the other faction kind of is. You've got like the 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 guardians are kind of like the sort of intellect, I suppose you want to say it. Whereas the other the other side are kind of like (laughs) the military side. They just kind of want to basically go in all guns blazing. But so the Vogans, the look of the Vogans, Becky. What would you think? What do you think of the Vogan look? Well, it's very gold, whereas Madonna's more black pantsuit. Right. Just saying. They don't look like Madonna. Um, I was on about Madonna in the Vogue video. Right. Well, how do you know it's in black and white? That's the thing. She's wearing a black pantsuit. Yeah. Well, how do you know it's Everyone black? Everyone knows she's wearing a black pantsuit. It could be blue. It's not. It's black. Everyone knows that Madonna wears a black pantsuit in the Vogue video. Oh. Come off it. What's that got to do with Doctor Who? Because you said they're Vogans. Yeah. The Vogans. Yeah. Maybe they're like Vogan. Well, I think as far as uh, humanoid creatures or uh, different races go, I think these aren't the most cleverest looking things. Also, no, you can are... kind of see the gaps between the eye holes That's and the eyeballs. I was going to say that there's the a few, there's a few of the sort of like minion type uh, characters where they're just wearing a sort of mask where it's not really like to say it's makeup into their their face. Whereas see, no, that's the thing. The right? main characters it is. All I'm thinking is that basically it reminds me of Michael Dawn doing a Klingon, but instead of having the full makeup done for hours on end to be a Klingon, he's gone to Asda and bought a mask. Yeah, it's kind of not the most convincing, I think, these the Vogans. I think they're they're not the best sort of alien race we've seen in Doctor Who by far. They kind of fill a void, a sort of gap in the plot here, is that, you know, they have a planet that's basically got gold dust on it, which the Cybermen want to blow up. You know, they're not, like I said, they're not the most cleverest thing. Uh, the Vogans have a little symbol, oh. which... Which... Right, okay. <laughs> Uh, the Vogans have a little symbol, which I think is quite. Well, a bit of Spandau I think ballet. The symbol you should have recognised the symbol for the Vogans, because it looks a very much like the Time Lord symbol. If you knew who, well, yes, in New Who, it's in New Who quite a bit. We're going to see it again. I think it's next season. I think they reuse that sign as the Time Lord symbol 
Yeah, so they kind of rehashed things there. Obviously, probably the budget they had to just reuse something. Um, no, so that's kind of a bit dodgy, continuity. So basically, if we skip on, uh, the Cybermen end up docking at Nerva because they have these bombs that they want to strap to the Doctor and send oh, him yeah, down onto Voga. Yeah, send him down to Voga to blow it up. Giant Obviously, baubles. that doesn't really happen. But before, you know what they, rem- they look like you can actually buy in B and Q at the moment barbecues that look identical what, to that, what, and they're like egg ones, yeah. and you just egg kettle barbecues, yeah. and you just lift up. I got to admit, the look it of so the look of Revenge of the Cybermen looks very, very budgety. I don't know when they filmed this one. It could have been at the very end of the run, but you can see the money's kind of running out here. Because <laughs> just tad. Some of the props aren't the best. So the Cybermen have returned. Oh no, they used it all on Davros. So the Cybermen have returned. It's the first time we've seen them since Patrick Troughton's The Invasion. So it's been a very, very long time since the Cybermen have been in Doctor Who. Well, at least they've, gone... they've got rid of the scuba suit. Well, you say that, but they have undergone a slight transformation they no longer have a weapon as such they don't have a handheld weapon i'll say they do have a weapon it's now fitted into their helmet it's kind of like four turrets on the helmet in the middle which i've got to admit like i say i really do like the 10th planet cybermen the best i really do they're the they're the which one's that is that the one where sock it's the sock cyberman (laughs) where you could see their eyes the sock. I just like that look better. Sockhead. This one looks... i got to admit, the Cyberman look in this one looks quite basic. I you've don't got, mind it. You've got the Cyber Leader, who's basically the only difference is... His thing's black. He's black, yes. He's got a black helmet, or half of his helmet is black. Well, it's not really half a helmet. It's like the surround, isn't yeah. it? And I just think that they look really, really basic in this one. Obviously, they have still got the chest sort of... Um, I don't know what you call that. Control chest panel plate. or something. Yeah. And that's still obviously their weakness, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just not really keen on this this Cyberman look. I don't think it's a classic Cyberman look, uh, and the voice as well. The voice didn't do it for me. It's kind of yeah, it didn't really have. It did have obviously a little of effect to it, like a machine effect, no, but it was very me, it underdone. More accenty. Yeah, it was very underdone. If if it was more machiney, how come it had an accent? I just feel that the Cybermen were done better in like the Tenth Planet, and even to me, Tomb of the Cybermen, they were doing a lot better. To the point where they had an accent, so. Yeah, so to me, that was a big thumbs down for these Cybermen this time but, around. You know, but I, um, did, I didn't mind the look of them. I just the sound of them. Was and I bad. think, if my memory serves me right, this will be the last time we see the Cybermen until Earth Shock, which will be Peter Davison. <laughs> so they only got one run, I think, with Tom Baker, no, as far Jerry as I can Baby. remember. Yep. Uh, Talking about jelly babies, it was quite nice. We saw the jelly babies. You say about what jelly babies he has. It looks like he's got bassets because somebody actually goes in jelly his... babies. Yep, he goes into his pocket. Well, seeing so, pulls out the jelly baby bag seeing and tips so, back then, Harry Bow jelly babies probably weren't a thing. So Nina and Nina and Nina, you well, suck. They had like uh, the sort of powder on them, so I would think that they're like um, the bassets. Ice, ice and sugar. Well, yeah, whatever. And. Oldie probably weren't around then either, so it's probably definitely Bertie Bassett's. And you know me, if I'm going to have a jelly baby, it's got to be Bertie Bassett's because I'm a jelly baby snob, and you know I only eat the yellow and green ones. Yeah. Also, uh, I think... You don't know what it is. I, I you just, commented... I just like the lemon and you, lime ones. Uh, we'll, we'll mention, uh, is his name Kelman? Matt likes Nick and the rest. Is it Kelman, his name? Kellerman. Kellerman. Um, 
he's kind of like on the arc. He's kind of on the arc, but he's kind of like a double agent, really, because we think he's a mole working for the Cybermen. But actually, it turns out he's actually working for the Vogans to do uh, help them defeat the Cybermen. But you said to me, he looks like um, a bit like a Bond villain. <laughs> and it's quite it's quite ironic really because i looked into it there's a part where he's trying to communicate is he communicating with the vogan the vogans i think yeah he was communicating with the vogans but then he was also communicating with the cybermen so he's being a double agent right, yeah well he had that like sort of brush thing where he sort of slid the back off it and he sort of um put like a, a sort of headphone thing in, in in a jack sort of thing so he could sort of uh look spy in yeah people. spy on her. and she's it's like this is where i'm saying it's a bit ironic because that's actually been sin in a doctor who film it was actually sin and live and let die and roger doctor who film you mean james bond uh, film? that's what i mean a james bond film live and let die and roger moore gifted it to the bbc and that's where they got it from so there's a little bit of trivia there for you uh in the very so, end. Yeah, but with the whole sort of turtleneck sort of jumper and the blazer and everything and the dodgy Draco Malfoy well, Draco he definitely Malfoy looks like a villain, hair. doesn't he? He's more he's of a villain. He's sort of look. like, you know, very sort of Bond villain-esque. Mm. That's like, all you got to do is dress Draco Mal- um, you know, Draco Malfoy up in a blooming, you know, polar neck jumper and a blazer and he'd look like a Bond villain and all. Mm. Yes. You so, know? in the very end, there's like a kind of like a stalemate where, like I say, the Doctor... No offence, Tom, we love you really. The Doctor goes down to uh, the plant, uh, to Vogum, the Voga, with these bombs <clears throat> and two of the actual still alive um, crew members of Nerva with these bombs mm. on. It doesn't really work, so... I thought you were, when you said about doing some research, I thought you meant that the guy had actually been a Bond villain. No, no, no. Uh, so it doesn't really work, so the Cybermen have to think outside the box. They're basically going to fill up Nerva with loads and loads of bombs and then sort of crash land it into Voga. But that obviously doesn't work either because the Vogans have a rocket which they launch at the station, which they use a bit of stock footage of the rocket launching, which I said looked like very much like an Apollo mm-hmm. um, rocket. So I'm guessing they sort of stole that, that sort of footage and used it here. Mm. They launched it towards the uh, space station only for then them to sort of remote control it at the last minute to avoid it. It then goes flying after the Cybermen, blows up the Cyberman's ship, and then the Doctor and Sarah Jane, who was transmatted up there, um, have to sort of... Basically, I'm thinking they have to scoot it off the orbit. It looks like there's a bit where it's sort of going towards the surface of the asteroid and then there's an effect where they've got like obviously um, an asteroid sort of uh, surface oh, saying that. On, a, on a wheel. Tom Felton now actually looks similar to Kellerman's character. Mm. It's kind of like <laughs> on a wheel or something. They're sort of spinning it so it looks like they're going over the surface and I'm guessing they just sort of slingshot round and into orbit to save them. That's what kind of thing. That bit's kind of meaning. Um, companions... So Sarah Jane and Harry, again, I just don't think they do a lot. I do not think they do a lot in this one. Yeah. They are definitely there with the Doctor. They have to get captured, separated. Again, sort of all the companions' cliche moments that you get. Um, I think Sarah Jane and Harry are separated quite a lot in this one to the point where Sarah Jane kind of helps the Doctor more than what Harry does. There is even a part where... 
you know, the doctor leaves Harry behind on Voga. So when he transmats up to the, uh, the uh, Nerva where Sarah Jane is, and they're kind of separated there. And again, it's down to the Doctor and Sarah Jane to save the day. And this is kind of foreshadowing, I think, the next season where I think Harry's now going to leave us. Uh, at the very, very end of it, when they sort of get back all up onto Nerva, the TARDIS then arrives. The Doctor then goes inside it, only for then Harry to arrive on the space station. The Doctor then tells Harry and Sarah Jane that units who have the... How do they, do they have like sort of special coordinates or something for the TARDIS? I don't really know. I, don't I can't know. remember what he said now. But they they kind of got in touch with the TARDIS to tell them that they need the Doctor back on Earth, and that's where they leave it. So again, it is kind of a continued arc into the next season, really, isn't it? So, look, say there's not really too much with the Avengers of Cybermen because, to be fair, I do think the poll is right. I do think this is the weaker story in the whole of the thing. Even the Sultan experiment, I think, is better than this. Um, there's also a nice little funny moment, I think, with Doctor and Harry here, which with the um, the bombs and the cave, Harry sort of causes uh, the cave-in. He then goes to unstrap the bomb, and then that's a cliffhanger, only for them to be told no. And then there's a little bit where the Doctor says, where well, are you going to touch this bomb? And then he says, did you cause the cave-in? And then he says, Harry is an imbecile. Which I thought was no, a really quick. I think quite... he more shouts it. Well, yeah, he shouts it and exits, exit off the uh, off the cave walls, and then he sort of faints. It's a nice little funny moment there. So even the Doctor wants to get rid of Harry by the sounds of it. We know that Harry's a bit of a klutz and it kind of big faction here because he nearly kills the Doctor by caving yeah. the caving the bloody just a smidge the bloody the cave in on him. So yeah, so Venge the Cyberman. What do you think of Venge the Cyberman, Becky? It had Cyberman. It yes. was very silver and shiny. And guess what? Guess what, Becky? Silver and shiny. They were trying to get revenge. <gasps> no, really? Wow. I think we've just summed up the whole plot there. In a nutshell. So my thought is, I think it's... Th- but what nutshell? Pistachio? Mm. Walnut? I am I think it's... Acorn? Acorn is a nut. Yeah. Okay. Pine and... nut? Peanut? Monkey nut? You, your head? Because your head's a nut. That's not. It's like a walnut. See? Nothing anyway, rattling around in there. I don't think the story is very strong. Mm. I don't know about you, but I didn't think the story was that strong. It's kind of... I don't know about you, but you know how my mum said that when she was saying my wedding dress, she got snow blindness, mm. right? I'm starting to think I've got silver blindness. Yeah. Because it's you like all no the shiny. The, the Cybermen were in like diving suits. So. But it was so shiny, and it's just like, all right, you know me, I love a shiny. They were in, they were in diving suits. But my suits, shinies though. are more small, normally on a chain or a bracelet or earrings or something like that. You know, mm. not that amount of shiny. Right, I just think off the back of Genesis, which is an exceptional, exceptionally good story and script. Yeah. You then get Revenge of the Cybermen, which I don't think is the best. It was all right. It wasn't that great. Mm. So before we sort of wrap up the season and say, you know, go through each serial and give our like sort of stamp on each one, we will go through Mark Campbell's episode guide verdict to see what he really mm. thought of Revenge of the Cybermen. A good first part and the cave locations are excellent. But Christopher Robbie is a very emotive Cyberman and the effects are variable. A five out of ten. 
I just think he's kind of there. I think five out of ten. I think five out of ten is about right. Yeah, I will say it's nice to have a cave effect. That that actually did give us a sense of because it's uh, shot on film, so you do get the sense of they are actually in a cave or it is like an asteroid. Asteroid, you know, they do give you that kind of set instead of having like a wobbly set cave like they have done before. I think it's good to have a like a location shot, uh, and I think it does really really work. So. Season 12, Becky, I do think it is one of the best season. Failing what we've just now said, or I've just said about Revenge of the Sidemen, absolutely slating it. Um, I do think it's a really, really good season. I would say it's consistently, it's one of the best seasons I think we've seen. So yeah. season 12 started off with a robot. Then went, robot. To, and this is also another, after, after robot, we got a serialized arc to the the season as well which was quite nice so uh, robot i was highly praised you know mark campbell gave it a nine nine out of ten you know it was a solid start to tom baker's run and it introduced him really well he had that bit of in was it eccentricity what's the word don't know it's kind of like uh egocentricity no it's kind of like um quirkiness is probably the easiest way to say it had a bit of quirkiness to the character which quickly he got rid of he does still have it a little bit but there was like science there was like scenes where he was like like sitting in the jeep of unit with his feet up on the dash or whatever and he doesn't really have that now he kind of had a oh i can't be bothered attitude in robot which now he's kind of had the attitude of i know everything i don't really need to do any work because i know everything and i'm just going to lay back sit back and watch it all unfold fold and then step in right at the end and save the day that's kind of the attitude he has he quickly gets rid of that because from ark and space he does have a can-do attitude which was the next one so ark and space it got a 10 out of 10 from mark campbell becky what did you know ark and space it was the green capitalism yeah it was um what were they called? I can't remember. The Wim. Or the Wern. Was it the Wern? Win? Wern. Wern. Yep, something like that. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a really quite good, solid second story for Tom Baker. This is where he really starts to hit the stride. He's now got the character. We also got a back, back, uh, bit of background about that scarf from Madame Nostradamus. So we actually got a little bit of like why he has it. Also, talking about Revenge of the Sidemen, he actually has a moment where he's um, stuck in one of the uh, bed chamber, uh, someone's bed chamber, where the floor gets electrified and there's some gas and he kind of has to sort of stay off the floor. And there's a moment where he actually puts the scarf, the scarf up. Did you notice that? He kind yeah. of had it dangling down. And I'm not sure if that's that looks ad-libbed to me by Tom Baker. He looks like he had to think there. And he thought, hang on a minute, my scarf's dangling. It's supposed to be an electrified floor. I better pick up my scarf. It kind of looks like a moment from Tom Baker that that was not in the script. So I thought that was quite a good little moment in Revenge of Sidemen. But yeah, Ark and Space, 10 out of 10. I think we gave it like a 9 or something when we went through it. I think it was a good solid story that really did sort of show us what yeah. Tom Baker's doctor's going to be. So next was the Sultaran experiment. Sultana. I was going to say, get them all out now, Becky, while you can, while we're on it. Nah. What, are you all dried out, are you? Nah, I'm just cherry-picking them. Uh, well, this one got an 8 out of 10 from Mark Campbell. Might be raising the issue later. It was a two-episode little filler um, serial, which I think would have benefited from maybe being a little bit longer. 
I do think it was kind of semi-rushed. But that being said, it was still a nice little compact, tight story. Didn't have much to it, to be fair. And to be fair, it was nice, easy viewing. You just put it on, watch it. Don't have to think too much about it. Then we get into what is considered to be one of the greatest classic stories of all time, which was Genesis of the Daleks, six-part episode. Daleks returns. We finally get the origin of the Daleks and the uh, exceptionally acted Davros and we also get that interaction between the Doctor and Davros. You'll have to see what we really think about it from last week's um, episode of Regenerated, where we go into a little bit more detail about what we think about Genesis. It is one of our favourites, and we reiterated that on that podcast. So this one got a 8 out of 10. We gave it a higher mark, 10 out of 10, because I think, like I said, there are moments in that script where Tom Baker... Uh, and uh, Michael Wisher, who plays Davros, they just bounce off each other brilliantly, and the script is just remarkably written in places where I'm not sure they've done it before now. I suppose there's one bit I can really remember that I thought was really, really exceptional with the script, and it's probably from William Hartnell, Dalek's Invasion of Earth, when Susan leaves, and he has that little bit at the end where he says that she'll be back or whatever, or I'll be back. Or whatever the the um the words were, I think that was exceptionally acted by William Hartnell. Um, a lot of emotion in that sort of speech. So that's probably the the only other time where the script has been absolutely on point for me, where it's been exceptional. Uh, and then we go into the last one, which was episode uh, serial seventy nine as well. Really, Revenge of Cyberman four parter. It's okay. Got a five out of ten from Mark Campbell. I would say it was. Uh, a 5 out of 10 the poll I have to do this off the top of my head so hopefully I get this right so I think in the poll it will go it goes Revenge of the Cybermen the Sultanan Experiment I think it's a robot then the Ark in Space then Genesis I think that's the order that might be wrong it might be robot and Ark the other way around but I definitely know that Genesis is top I know that Revenge of the Cybermen is at the bottom, and I know the one above that is uh, the Sultan Experiment. So I definitely know three out of the five. So it's either Robot or Ark that swapped. I would think Ark is the second favourite, because to be fair to me, it's my second favourite. So that is season 12, Becky. So what did you think of season 12 in relation to the other seasons? Well, it is only five. Yeah, five serials. Whereas uh, the last um, season of uh, John Pertwee's run was, um, let's have a look in the book, one, two, three, four, oh, it's only five. I'm thinking you think it's short because of the episodes in the serials. There was Robot had four, Ark had four, Sultaran Experiment had two, Genesis was the big sixer, and then we had Revenge of the Cybermen, which was four. So I'm thinking mm. that's maybe why you think it's not that long. But five, you know, it's the same as uh, season 11. So it doesn't feel like it. It does feel like it went really quick. And we also had a week's break because of events in the world and because of a break, basically. So mm. it's taken us six weeks to do it. That's yeah. like you said at the beginning of the podcast. Just time's going so quickly. So looking forward into the next season, uh, we'll quickly interject now that I did say that 
we would have a break after every season now, a week's break, and I'm going to continue that and start that now, even though we did have a break between Saltar and Experiment and Genesis. Uh, I think the world events, I think, was more in my mind than the actual break, but this is the proper first official break, so that will be two weeks um, from today when the next uh, next episode will come, and it will be terror of the zygons so we're now getting the stuck the sucky monsters fun uh, into doctor who so season 13 will be the first oh uh, actually it does say that harry is actually in terror of the zygons and it says that he is in series a uh, serial 80 and 83 83 is uh, the android invasion um but yeah season 13 we have terror of the zygons which harry will come out of it as a permanent um companion so we say goodbye mm. to harry uh planet of evil the pyramids of mars pyramids of mars is a, a is a very good one i really like the pyramids of mars then we get the android invasion again once again the android invasion is a really good one in my mind uh the brain of morbius morbius well, that's how I that's how I pronounce it. M O R B I U S. I think that's kind of like a, a sort of doc, uh, a sort of Frankenstein type storyline. And then we'll finish off with the Seeds of Doom. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe a return of um, the Ice Warriors. I'm thinking Seeds of Doom. I might be completely wrong there. My mind might have just skipped a little bit. But yes, so. We have, uh, how many is it? Let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and let's have a look at the episodes. So, Terror of the Zygons is a four. Planet of the Evil, four parts. Pyramid of Mars, four. Uh, inv- Android Invasion is a four. Brain of Morbius is four. And then the Seeds of Doom is a sixer. So, they end off the season with a six-part serial. Um so again, I'm going to guess that it's going to be, you're going to feel that it's a very short season. But like I say, this is the first time we now get to see Tom Baker, Sarah Jane, and that kind of bouncing off each other solely without Harry kind of interfering because he's kind of interfering, isn't mm. he? Um, he's been fine. I just don't know why. I just think, like I said, I think he's kind of an experiment to see what it's like to have a male, female companion set with a doctor and go back to that like uh, uh, Barbara and Ian or like Jamie and I think Zoe was in at that time. I don't know what it is. Like Ben, Polly, you know, they're trying, I think they're trying to test the water. Do you think it works? Did you, do you think Harry and Sarah Jane works as a companion set? I do. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a little bit of banter and a little bit of back and forth, but I just like having doctor female companion. I think it's, it works better for me. I know what you mean. There's a lot more you can do with the mix of a, a female companion and doctor, in my eyes. There's a lot more you can do with it yeah. than having a third, a third wheel, as it were. So, or a fifth wheel, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I just think it works a lot better. So, I don't know, listeners. Let me know in the comments on social media. So it will be in the description. What do you think? Does it work? Sarah Jane and Harry work as a companion set. Or does it just work with just one female companion and the Doctor? Or do we really need a third companion? I know obviously coming up in Peter Davison's run, there is two female companions. Actually, he has four. No, he has three companions at one point because he has like he has like Nissa, Tegan and Ad- Adric. So he has three companions, I think, at one point. 
So, right. Yeah. Anyway, I think we'll leave it there. So, yeah, I'm far, I thoroughly enjoyed season 12. I think it's a really good one. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice uh, first season for Tom Baker. He definitely hits the ground running and he's now found that character and we're now going to see that character now grow into what it becomes. I think I think the thing is what they've done with Tom Baker here is they've really started him off strong and it really, really does tell yeah. going forward. So anyway, I think we'll leave it there. So like I say, we're not going to have an episode next week. It'll be the following week. So we'll catch you in two weeks' time. So we'll leave it there. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. 